once again greetings in Jesus name I want this morning to just try and share a little with you of a helpful prayer that I found very helpful in my life uh, especially in leadership and uh, it's a wonderful prayer actually uh, I'm giving it the title a helpful prayer for those of us in leadership and I trust that you will use this for your own life you'll find it encouraging my life and my call has been in the last 30 odd years 40 years is to train up and equip leaders and to keep them encouraged. We in leadership need encouragement and there's so much that comes against us that really has the potential to discourage us but this is something that God has taught me in a time of real crisis and need in my own life and he sometimes from time to time constantly seems to just bring this back to me, uh, makes a drama to my life and I'm hoping that it'll be a help to you to, uh, today and for the rest of your lives. It's found in Psalm 143 verse uh, from, uh, I am going to would like you to read the whole Psalm, but I'm going to be preaching on from verse 8 through to 12, Psalm 143 verses 8 through to 12. But before we read that, and you'll see this in this Psalm, I'd like to just say to you, start your day right and God will take care of the whole day. So start your day right, and God will take care of your whole day. Whether you're a morning person or an evening person, start your day right. I, when I look at Jesus, he was, I don't know whether you put him as a morning or an evening person, but I see this, that in his life, every day, it seems to me that he was alone with God, starting his day right with his Father. And so... Start the way you want to finish. You want your day to finish. Start your day that way, in fellowship with God. You know, in Matthew chapter six, from verse five through to fifteen, Jesus taught the prayer that uh, we call the Lord's prayer, but which is really the disciples' prayer. And uh, he taught us how to to pray in the, in response to the question, "Teach us, Lord, teach us to pray," as John taught his disciples to pray. And I use that kind of format. Every day of my life, I've done that, I reckon, now for 30, 40 years. But also, I pray along the lines of the Psalm 143 before I read his words. So I start the day praying in fellowship with God, wanting to bring my request to God, but letting God speak to me too. And so I, I pray the, along the lines of this prayer in, in Psalm 143, praying that I might hear his voice in and through his word, you know. This is his word. The, word. the Bible is his word. But we need to hear his voice in the, the, the word for our own lives each and every day. And so before I open my Bible or when I open my Bible, I often pray this prayer, Psalm 143, verses 8 through to 12. And uh, I'm going to ask you if we could just read that together now. Psalm 143. And uh, you read the whole psalm. And it starts off with this. It says, Oh, Lord, hear my prayer. Listen to my cry for mercy. In your faithfulness and righteousness, come to my relief. And then I want to go down to verse 8. Let the morning bring me word of your unfailing love, for I have put my trust in you. Show me the way I should go, for to you I lift up my soul. Rescue me from my enemies, O Lord, for I hide myself 
in you. Teach me to do your will, for you are my God, and may your good spirit lead me on level ground. For your name's sake, O Lord, preserve my life. In your righteousness, bring me out of trouble. In your unfailing love, silence my enemies, destroy all my foes, for I am your servant. And our foes are not flesh and blood. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. It's demonic powers using people and situations and circumstances. And he's saying there, destroy all my foes, for I am your servant. So Father, in Jesus' name, help us to understand your word and for it to change our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, let me speak a little bit about this psalm from verse 8 through to 12. Uh, this is what we see here is applicable to every child of God, but so much more for us in leadership with all the responsibilities, with all the pressures that come our way, all those expectations that people put upon us, the attacks and the demands, all those things that leadership entails and goes with the ministry and office of leadership. David, like all God's leaders, knows that leadership can drain you. So in verses 1 and 2, you see that of the psalm. And then you see that the devil's attacks on us and our families can sometimes be relentless, as you see in verse 3. He's, but David has learned to remember, first of all, what God has done for him in the past. And we see that in verse 5. And to meditate upon all God's, on, on God's, on all God's works. You see that in verse 5. And in his word, in his own life, the things that God has done in his own life, things that are revealed in the word of God, and what God has done for God's people. His whole, whole being seems to be reaching out for God himself. God himself, as you see in verse 6, as well as God's in interventions that you see in verses 6 and 7. So now to my message of encouragement in practical terms, hopefully. Please take it seriously. Ask God to open your eyes to see, to understand that you may live in the good of what I'm trying to teach this morning. So the seven things that David seems to be praying about. First of all, he prays for God's reassurance. Secondly, he prays for God's guidance. Thirdly, he prays for God's empowerment and God's enablings. Fourthly, he prays for God's protection. He prays next for God's instruction and for God's deliverances and for victory in every area of his life. And that basically covers just about everything in our lives. So let's look at this again. This eighth verse says this, Let the morning bring me word of your unfailing love. Now, I've underlined three parts of that. Let the, let the morning, word, and unfailing love. But there's an important word in front of the morning, let. And we'll look at that in a moment. So let's start with just the morning, the start of each and every new day. Everything bright, everything fresh, everything clean. When the light of dawn is breaking through the darkness of the night, the sun's beginning to rise, S-O-N as well as S-U-N, beginning to rise afresh for your life for that day. Uh, the shadows, the darkness is beginning to recede. All of creation is coming alive. The birds are singing. Uh, flowers are opening. Life fresh opportunities, all these things for you, for me, for us. All of this, in a very real way, is God's voice saying, good news. 
my faithfulness. I'm for you. I love you. I'm with you. You belong to me. You're my responsibility. You're my precious possession. You're my blood-bought, blood-washed child. You're an heir with my son Jesus. You're a co-laborer together with Jesus, with me, with the Trinity. I created you for all of this, and I created all of this for you to enjoy. I delight in you. Or as Psalm, 100, as Psalm 19 verse 1 says, The heavens declare your glory, the skies proclaim the works of your hands. Day after day they pour forth speech. The morning. Start your day right. You see, generally we're at our freshest in the morning. Refreshed, revived, renewed after a night's sleep, energetic, full of anticipation for life. What's in store for me for today? So, the morning. But there's that little word that precedes it. It says, let's. In other words, to me it's saying, my desire. Oh God, this is my desire. I'm going to open my heart. And while God is sovereign and supreme, there is a sense in which you can say to God, God, I'm, when I say let, I, I'm, I'm saying, I want you to, I allow you to, I want you to speak. Let this morning, all of the, that's involved in it to, for today, let it, I allow it to come into my life. It's your desire for me and every day, and it's my desire for me too. So please, Lord, hear me. Remember in the Garden of Eden, when uh, Genesis chapter 3, it says in the cool of the day, God used to walk in, among, in the garden with Adam and Eve to have fellowship with them. It was in the morning. And God desires each morning to, to have fellowship with us. And in uh, Lamentations chapter 3, verse 23, it says this, Great is your faithfulness, speaking to God, your mercies are new every morning. As the New Living Translation says, his mercies begin afresh each morning. So every day there's more for us mercies and, and benefits and blessings available to us. And we just need to say, God, today I want that to happen. Let the morning. I wonder sometimes if God doesn't have to wonder why we don't let him. Why we don't let him reveal to us all that he has for us. Why we don't give him time to do that. Why we don't come back and then thank Him for doing that. And then to walk in all that He does reveal to us. So allow Him to bring to you His voice, His word. He wants to. Open your eyes, open your ears, open your heart. New every day. Wow. This is the day that the Lord has made. I will be rejoice and be glad in it. So make yourself available to serve His purpose in, in and through your life each and every morning. Start the day that way. Surrender afresh to Him each and every day and at the outset of your day. And then it goes on to say, not only let the morning bring me, but bring me word. In other words, Lord, help me to hear your word in your, your voice, in your word. God's word is the Bible. But so often we don't hear His voice through that word. You can be hearing me now without hearing me. You may hear the words, but are you hearing them inside? And this is what he's praying here. Let the morning 
bring me word of your unfailing love. So his word, the Bible, being made alive by the Holy Spirit each and every morning, approach it with joy, the word of God, approach it with joy, with anticipation, with an expectation. God has things to say to me. God has things to reveal to me. Assurances, promises, warnings, encouragements, directions, instructions, all of this part of his unfailing love. His unfailing love. Let's look at that for a moment. That unfailing love comes to us every day, all day, right from the outset, through Jesus Christ, even through the night. But it comes through grace and it comes by faith. And you know that the Bible tells us Jesus ever lives to pray for us. All the time. All that ever lives to make intercession for us. All day long, Jesus is praying for us. He, his love, according to 1 Corinthians chapter 13, love never fails. And God is not only loving, God is love personified. Wonderful, 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 unfailing love. The God who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask or think. Or some translations say, or we can even imagine according to the power that works in us, as Ephesians chapter 3 tells us. The God who has promised that today, every day, all day, all things work together for good to them that love the Lord, to them which are the call according to His good purpose. The God who has promised that all of His promises are yes in Jesus and amen as we say, so let it be. Approach the day that way. The God who said, my word, everything he said, everything he's promised, my word shall not return to me void. In other words, useless or empty, but shall accomplish that for which I have purposed it or for which I please, as Isaiah 55 verse 11 says. So put your trust in him unreservedly. He will not Slash, he cannot fail you. Remember always that trust involves risk. So get out of your safe, safe zone. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 23 says, us, says this. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. He will always cause us to triumph, to win, to be victorious in Christ, according to 2 Corinthians 2.14. And you could read for yourself Psalm 103, verses 1 right through to verse 19. Take the time to read it. Let God soak you in it. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all His benefits. And it goes on to say, who forgives all your sins, heals all your diseases, crowns your head with loving kindness and tender mercies, knows your frame, remembers that we're dust, does not withhold any good thing from us, etc. Read that psalm. Trust Him for an adventurous day and an adventurous life. Trust Him for more than you're capable of doing, being, uh, or that more than you're able to produce or plan or even dream. Claim His amazing promises. Walk on water. Step out of the boat. Embrace His gracious commands that come, to, uh, come with His enablings. You see, when God tells us to do something, God also gives us the enablings to do it. And in Philippians chapter 2, verse, verse 13, it says it's God that works in us both to will 
He gives us the desire. He tells us, this is what I want. And then he gives it not only that, but to do or to act according to his good purpose. So trust him for the impossible as he leads you. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 16 says this, Through his life and death, the shed blood and resurrection, we have access to God, the throne room, the throne of grace to obtain help and mercy. And 2 Peter chapter 1, I love, I love these verses from verse 3. You could read it all the way through, but verses 3 and 4. His divine power has given us all that we need for life and godliness in this present life through our knowledge of Him. And you could read on and see what else it says there in 2 Peter chapter 1. Those are things you need to get into your heart each day. So that's the first thing. He prays. The second one he prays for is for guidance for the new day. Every new day he prays that. In verse eight, uh, part of verse 80 he says, Show me the way that I should go. And then later he says in verse 10, May your good spirit lead me on level ground. Show me the way I should go. May your good spirit lead me on level ground. You see, he's praying for guidance. In a few areas, he's praying for guidance as to God's will for his life, the reason for his existence, the part that today will bring in that reason for why God put us on this planet. Every day, there's a little part that God wants to fit in to all of these eternal purposes for your life in the bigger picture of the eternal purposes until Jesus comes back. Project Earth. Guidance to God's will. Like Jesus, surely we would say with, like he said in Luke chapter 22 verse 42, not my will, but yours be done. Above all else, I want God's will for my life. That's what he's saying. That's what I want every day of my life. Above all else. And to know this, always remembering this, in Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, it talks about that good and perfect and acceptable will of God. God's will is good. It's the best thing for our lives. So he's praying, show me your will. Show me the way I should go. May your good spirit lead me on level ground. And his life, uh, will for everyone's life, part of that will is that we be fruitful and effective. Our lives count for God. As John 15, 16, I think if you've been listening to the series I've been preaching on over the, these last months, you'll know that I, this is, is such a good verse for me. John 15, 16, he says, You did not choose me. I chose you and appointed you to bear fruit, much fruit, fruit that lasts. God wants fruitfulness. I read again this morning in my devotion, Jesus comes up to a tree. He's looking for uh, fruit on it. There's no fruit and he curses it. God wants fruitfulness in our lives, not just useless lives, occupying time and space and energy, breathing in air, and then dying in a useless life. In Psalm 92, verses 12 through to 15, it says, The righteous will flourish like a palm tree. You see, God wants us to flourish. And His will for our lives, this is what we're talking about. He wants us to flourish. Like a palm tree. He says the righteous, not only will they flourish like a palm tree, they will grow like a cedar of Lebanon. Big and huge. Just brilliant. Magnificent. Planted in the house of the Lord. They will flourish in the courts of our God. They will, listen, I love this. They will still bear fruit in old age. I'm 77. God's promise to me, promise to you, no matter what your age, how old you are, even when you're getting old. This is the future for those of you who are younger. 
This is the prison for those of us who are older. They will still bear fruit in old age. They will stay fresh and green. God will keep us buoyant and give us strength for each and every day. Proclaiming the Lord is upright. He is my rock and there is no wickedness in him. God is good. So he's asking for guidance as to God's will. He's asking for guidance as to God's ways. Show me the way that I should go. Not formulas, not principles, not routines, not ruts, not same old, same old, not methods. What others are doing that I just imitate. Show me your way for my life. God has ways, not methods. So read for yourself in Isaiah 55, verse 8 through to 13, where God says, my ways are not your ways, my thoughts are not your thoughts, my ways and my thoughts are higher than yours, as high as the heaven is above the earth, etc. So are my thoughts and my ways. Read that for yourself. Let it get into your spirit again. And here's a wonderful promise again. Psalm 25, verse 14 says, the Lord confides in those who fear him. Which is in response to the earlier part of Psalm 25 in verses 4 and 5 when he says, Show me your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. Guide me in your truth and teach me. For you are my God, my Savior, and my, and my hope is in you all day long. So God confines in those who fear him. And then he asks also for wisdom. James chapter 1 verse 5 tells us, If anyone of you lacks wisdom, he should ask of God, who give, of God who gives generously to all without finding fault. And it will be given to him. But when he asks, he must believe and not doubt, because he who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the, the wind. You know, James chapter 3.17 says, The wisdom that is from above, that is from heaven, is first of all pure. When we're asking for wisdom, we're going to get God's pure wisdom. It's then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere. And none of that can come apart from Christ. Because Christ is made to us wisdom. The wisdom that is from above, all that contains all of that. Here's where wisdom starts. As Proverbs 9 and 10 says to us, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And I can tell you whether you really fear Lord, the Lord. Because the, it says in Proverbs 8.13, to fear the Lord is to hate evil. If we don't hate evil, we don't fear the Lord. Anyway, moving on. All, he's also praying for guidance as to God's plans for our lives, including His purpose. Jeremiah 29.11 tells us, I know the plans I have for you, plans for good, plans to give you hope, a future, an expected end, to prosper you, not to harm you. It's to give us success and His care and His provision, all that we need on our journey through life. Not despair, not anxiety, not fear, depression, discouragement, a future bright, worth living for, worth even laying your life down for. Being all out for God and unexpected in the future, I believe that, that the expected end is the future you hope for in your wildest dreams. And then also he's praying, while he's talking about the plans for his lives, 
remember this, that Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10 says this, For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God has prepared for us in advance, beforehand, that we should walk in them. See, every day I wake up in the morning, God has prepared something for me in advance today. He's got good works for me. Not only the call of God that I should lead, that I should be teaching, uh, imparting, whatever the case may be in your life or ministry, but that God has prepared things for you for today. If you'll go into life with expectation, anticipation, with faith. And part of that, thank God, is found in 1 Timothy 2.4. That God wants all men to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth. So when we're praying that, we're asking God for openings, open doors. Help me to be alert. Give me wisdom to know how to answer, to respond to people, even their funny remarks. And that he's also part of his will is that we run our race and finish it well. If you would read Hebrews chapter 12 verses 1 through to 3. And to become more and more like Jesus in Romans chapter 8 verse 29, 28 and 29. All of these, if we had the time, I'd love to read to you because God's word is more important. But I'm trusting as a leader, you'll take God's word and take God seriously. He wants us to be powerful, loving, sound minded. For God has not given to us a spirit of fear, but of love, of power and of a sound mind. As 2 Timothy 1, 7 said. So we've got all of these precious promises that God has made available to us. And I have to close off the session with two more thoughts just on this. We have this amazing promise of Philippians chapter 1, verses 20, verses 2, sorry, Philippians chapter 2, verse 13. It says that it is God that works in us, both to will and to do, as I mentioned earlier on. So we must do what... The 12th verse of that says in Philippians 2, we're to continue to work out our own salvation with fear and trembling. Psalm 92, read it for yourself. Verses 12 through to 15, we, we read it earlier on. Flourish, grow, bear fruit, stay fresh, and stay green. So, thank God for His open doors. 1 Corinthians 16, 9, he says this, A great door for effective work is open for me, and there are many who oppose me. People that even will try to close doors on you. You see, when you come at the start of the day and pray along these lines, looking to God in fellowship with Him, listening to His voice, from the, the Word of God, by the Spirit of God, He opens doors and keeps them open even when people are trying to close them. So there's a great door open for us every day, effective work. Revelation 3 8 tells us, see, I've, opened, I've set before you an open door. No man can shut it. And so our attitude needs to be found, what's found in Philippians chapter 1, verses 22 and 24. As long as I'm alive in this body, there is good work, fruitful labor for me to do. So he adds these words as we finish off this session, for to you I lift up my soul. So that everything within me, my heart, my ambitions, my goals, everything reaching out and up for you, O oh God. I hope this is helpful for you, will be a blessing into the future from this morning. That when you hear this, you'll get God's word. Open your heart and let him minister into your heart. So Father, thank you again. You hear our prayers, you see your saints, you know our, what we're facing. And you are more than able and have made adequate provision, protection and blessing at every level for all of us.
for which we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen.